Hello from ABA Tech Show 2017 in Chicago, Illinois. I am Christopher Anderson and... Gina Bon Jovi. Amani Smathers. Fantastic. And we are here on the road with the Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we're talking about your, the presentation that you guys did today. Uh, what was the name of that presentation? It's called The Devil is in the Details on Process Mapping. And you guys were talking about finding processes inside law firms that could be improved, finding waste, and uh, finding opportunities for improvement and efficiency. Is that right? Yep. Cool. So I was uh, looking at that. So before I ask a few questions, can you just kind of go a little bit deeper into what exactly was the thrust of your talk? What were you trying to help lawyers with? in this talk? Sure, so um, we talked about kind of who, what, when, where, why. Why would you want to process map, when you process map, how you process map, right? So why you process map. So why do you process map? So there's a bunch of benefits to process mapping, um, but when I see process mapping, most often occur in law firms is when they're trying to, you know, solve an issue, right? So maybe you have um, a client who wants faster cycle times on a, a given type of matter that they have with you. And so it's taking seven days and they want it to take five days. Mm -hmm. you got to figure out, okay, who's doing what? What's the current state of our process so that you can then go in and figure out, you know, what's redundant? Maybe where are some of the steps we can take out to get that back down to five days? Yeah, and one of the challenges you spoke about were like daily acts of trivia. What is that about? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes when you get a team together and you process map and you've got sticky notes all over the board, right? Once you've got them there, you can take a look and see which one really adds value for the client, right? Because you definitely want to keep those. But you might have 15 steps that when you think about a different way to do them, maybe you can cut down to three, right? But before you really take a look at that process and know that it's 15 steps, you've got these little daily acts of trivia, right? Things that someone's doing on a day-to-day -day basis. It's taking them a lot of time. It's how they've been doing it maybe for years. But when you take a look at how you could change that process when you put some resources towards it, um, maybe you can add some technology or maybe you can uh, reroute it to another user or, or another person. And maybe even take some of it out because it's just been done because exactly. it's been done. It, like it serves right? no actual purpose. Right. Gina, from like the daily acts of trivia and the process mapping, what things like you, Gina, first of all, the, the listeners should know you have a uh, law firm in Las Vegas, correct? Correct. What about this would you implement in your firm or what, what takeaways did you have or bring to the talk that have improved the way you practice? So as part of the, the talk, I mapped the entire client relationship from initial inquiry from the client to completing and delivering of a project. And it was really helpful for me to get that entire process down on paper so that I can re-examine it with my team and go through and determine if there are additional steps that we can cut out, where we can maximize efficiency, where there's duplication, with the whole uh, purpose being to improve client service. Right. And like one of the things you guys talked about was waste. And what was really intriguing to me as I was reading through it was you talk about two kinds, the recognized waste and unrecognized waste. Can you just like help the listeners understand like what's the difference and, and which one's more dangerous? <laughs> I think there's often way more unrecognized waste, right? Um, sometimes we try to get away from the word waste in law firms, partially because law lawyers don't like hearing that anything their team does, right, is unnecessary or unvaluable. But when you look at it, sometimes 
um, the steps that are being done or, or the people that they're being done by aren't really the right fit, right? And also sometimes you have um, inefficiencies like information silos, right? That's another mm-hmm. thing that we'll look yeah. for, which might actually cause some, the word you use, that unrecognized uh, waste, right? You don't right. even realize the time that you're taking to look at those four different information sources. Uh, when if you could combine them or get some automated feeds or something like right. that, right? You could cut out some time, cut out what's actually some waste in that system. When you were going through this, did you bring any examples of recognized or unrecognized waste from your actual practice? Absolutely. There's, uh, for the uh, information silos, we have a very good example of that where we have contact information for clients that the admin has to enter in three different places right now because those different places, Constant Contact, Google Contacts, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, QuickBooks don't talk to one another. Oh, wow, yeah. So it's frustrating for her to have to enter in that information. And so something gets left. And then in the meantime, I'm trying to call a client from my Google Contacts and not having the information at hand. So that's something that you look to technology to solve. And so if there's a way to implement some sort of automation or to find a product that will talk with another product, it's right. ideal. Right, so integration. But it's not necessarily findable yeah. sometimes. And sometimes I, th- I find like integration or aggregation, like if products don't talk to each other, maybe there's something you can lay on top that will aggregate the data. Have you ever found that to be a way to get rid of unrecognized waste? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting data in the place you want is a common challenge, yeah. <laughs> and it can be a solution uh, in your fixing the process step. Certainly one of the most intriguing things you guys were talking about was process mapping, right? It's like the ability to visualize what's actually happening, how the work is getting done in the business. And like one of the key takeaways for me is was the concept of bottlenecks. Could you just talk a little bit about what bottlenecks are, where we find them, and, and how improving them can make a big difference? Sure. So a a bottleneck is where you've got kind of, you know, steps that are stuck at a certain person or a certain step and they can't move on from there um, because of some issue. Either uh, that person doesn't have time or they simply have too many things on their plate. And so everyone else and every other step after them ends up waiting on them. Right. And sometimes you get that with approvals as well. Right. If you've got an approval step, that can be a major bottleneck. Well, I've often heard it said that, like, if you look at a bottle, where's the bottleneck, right? <laughs> the bottleneck is usually right at the, at the top. top. Is that what you find? Uh, are you a bottleneck in your business, Gina? I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move things through as quickly as possible. But it's true. When you're looking, even clients can serve as bottlenecks, too, in the approval process. It may not be internal approval that's necessary. It may be approval from the client to move forward. And in the meantime, there are hourglasses that are emptying of their sand, and there are clocks that are ticking that we have to be mindful of. So... So and you guys talked about a concept that really like, really stuck out to me, which was when you're trying to solve these kind of problems that you should spend, uh, it was a quote from Albert Einstein, you should spend uh, 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about the solution. That seems really scary in a business, <laughs> like especially when someone's first coming to work with, with a business like yours or you know, in, a, in a business like Gina's where you're thinking about imp- constant improvement, constant improvement. You're like, I know of all these problems I want solutions for. If I'm going to spend 55 minutes on the problem, how much can I really solve? What, what do you mean by that concept? Well, that quote's partially just about proportion. And I think the point is a lot of times we try to skip to a solution. Uh-huh. And we do that. I think, you know, some people at Tech Show might be a little guilty of that, right? Because we're trying to find tech that's going to solve problems. And we right. come across some of these uh, tech tools that are, some of them are really cool, right? 
And sometimes you might buy a tech tool because you're like, oh, this would be great. This would solve X problem. But do you really know X problem? Like, do you really know who's involved, what their steps are, where their true challenges are? Because if you buy a tech tool that's going to fix maybe like one piece of it, but they can't even get to that piece because of an issue earlier on in the process, you might have some adoption issues, right? And so it's understanding your problem is going to be just so important to finding the right solution and implementing it in a way that's going to be adopted. And does that speak to you and your business? I mean, have you implemented solutions without understanding the problem completely? N no. Good. <laughs> no, I absolutely have. And I'm completely <laughs> guilty of it. And so the, the trick is knowing, like Amani said, really examining the problem, understanding the full 3D picture of the problem to really determine whether that tool is going to solve it and if the problem is even ripe for the, the tool to step in to solve. I mean, there's okay. a lot of analysis that needs to go into it. And like she said, it's more about the proportion and you're looking at the problem, you're making sure you drill down all of the different aspects of the problem to make sure that what you will go to implement is actually solving it. Excellent. So you were right, when you were finishing up, you were talking about um, efficiencies, accessibility, and communication. Efficiencies, communication, accessibility. What, what do those three things mean in the context of process mapping and improvement, improving process in a business? Well, efficiency, um, especially outside of law firms, is one of the main goals of process improvement, right? You're trying to make a process really efficient and effective. Um, inside law firms, sometimes we don't use that phrase as much just because if you are still hourly billing, sometimes it's not a selling point. <laughs> um, but in general, that is a goal, right? You want to find the steps that be, can be taken out. And you know, who wants to do invaluable work, right? <laughs> um, leaning a process is always good. Communication, part of process maps value are really getting everyone on the same page sure. of what that process is. Who's responsible for a given step, you know, taking out some of the ambiguity or um, just people doing parallel processes, you know? Right. Sometimes that communication, it can be a really great communication tool, including for onboarding, right? Because if you bring in a new person to a process, you can hand them a process map and say, this is how we do it, right? what lawyer gets handed that. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great tool. And another thing that was actually brought up towards the end of our presentation as well was how do you uh, make sure that your new process, right, your kind of future state ideal process is actually implemented? Um, talked a little bit about project management tools sure. that can actually kind of lock in that new process. Yeah, absolutely key. And then, of course, having that new process be iterative, I think, must, must be really key. Great. Really, really fun to talk to you that we've reached the end of the road for uh, today's episode. Um, I want to thank our guests very much for joining us today. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Amani. Thank you. And uh, I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us in iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. Great job, you guys. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.